0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Buzz Podcast. I'm Dave Hendrick. I am solo today. No Trev Downey, but he is going to be back. We have some things in the works that we're going to put together that hopefully will be of great interest to people moving forward. We do really want to do something with this podcast because. It's a nice break for both of us from talking about football all the time, especially for me. <clears throat> but um thought I'd jump on, do a quick solo pod over the last couple of shows that I've watched. Obviously last time out, I've been watching quite a lot of Paramount Plus shows. That hasn't changed. We have one Paramount Plus show to talk about. It was actually a BBC show, but I watched it on Paramount. Um. And one from Netflix that I've just completed as well. So the Netflix one was Fool Me Once, the adaptation of Harlan Coben's brilliant novel. Now, Coben is one of the best authors out there, in my opinion. And I think his his work transfers to TV really well. The Stranger was excellent. Stay Close was excellent. I've really, I really enjoyed uh, Shelter. I know not everybody did, but I thought it was very, very good. I haven't watched the ones that were done in other languages. I haven't watched The Woods, The Innocent, Gone for Good or Hold Tight yet, but I do plan to. It's just settling in to read the television for a number of episodes. It just, I'm not quite in the right headspace for that as yet. I loved The Five, which is one that he wrote. It wasn't a an adaptation. He wrote it. I thought it was brilliant. So I was really looking forward to this. And to be honest, it didn't disappoint. I thought this was excellent. I was a little thrown off by Michelle Keegan being the lead before I watched it because... I haven't, haven't seen much of her recent work. Uh, I know she's in Brassic, which a lot of people like. I did watch Tina and Bobby, which I thought she was very good in, but I haven't seen Our Girl. I'm planning to watch that now. But I really really remember her from Coronation Street and when she was in that Red Dwarf Back to Earth thing. So I wasn't sure how much of a serious actress she was. And turns out she is outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Her performance throughout this series is show-stealing, but she's not the only one. deal actor plays D.S. Sammy Kearse, and this is an excellent performance as well. And when you look at his career and what he's done, and the awards that he's been nominated for and the awards that he's won, he won the, the BAFTA six, seven years ago for murdered by my father, which is, if you haven't seen it, highly, highly recommend it. Um, but he is fantastic in this show. Genuinely fantastic. And between the two of them, they really do carry the show. Now, The script is excellent. The story is excellent. I I really did like everything about this. There's twists, there's turns. There's a lot of suspense. There's a lot of mystery. You are left guessing constantly as to how this is going to play out. And I thought even in the smaller roles, Emmett Scanlon, very, very good. I thought um Joanna Lumley was Lumley was outstanding as Judith Burkett. I really, really strong performance from her, and not the type of performance that I was expecting, because you obviously think Joanna Lumley, you think absolutely fabulous. And you think that character, but she's capable of a wide range of performances. And in this film, or this, this show, she's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. This is one I would recommend. It's eight episodes, all on Netflix. You will want to keep going. Like if you're going to start, it start it early of an evening or else you're going to be up till three or four in the morning because you will want to watch one more episode and one more episode. Massive credit would have to go to David Moore and Namir Rashid, who directed the show, for how they laid the story out and how they kept drawing you in and drawing you in. This is really, really good. I highly, highly recommend it. And frankly, I I recommend pretty much everything that comes off a Harlan Coben book because... He is just, he's so prolific, and he's so consistent. And this is outstanding. And like I said, you've got The Stranger, you've got Stay Close, you've got The Five, and you've got Shelter, which, again, not for everybody. It was cancelled after one season, which I thought was was a shame because I really did enjoy it. But, yeah, highly recommend Anything that Harlan Coben is involved in, but particularly this. Fool me once. You pro- there probably won't be too many shows better than that this year, mini series wise. The other one I've watched, and I finished it last night, is The Gold, starring Hugh Bonneville, Dominic Cooper, and Charlotte Spencer. I. I- Obviously, it's it's based around the events of the brinks Matt robbery in 1983, which is one of the largest robberies in British history. And I didn't know a whole bunch about it. I'd heard about the robbery, didn't know a whole lot about the story around it <clears throat> and how, even to this day, there's still repercussions for what took place. So I watched the first episode and to familiar, familiarise myself with the story, I went and I read quite a bit about the actual robbery itself and what took place. And the show is, I think it's really, really good. I watched pretty much anything with Hugh Bonneville in it. I think he's just consistently outstanding. I think Dominic Cooper is excellent. Big fan of him. Charlotte Spencer I wasn't as familiar with, but she's great in this role. But this is another one where there's a central story and then there's like three or four subplots and smaller stories going on at the same time. And Neil Forsythe created the show. He has done a brilliant job laying this out. And Neil Carrier is the director. Lawrence Goff is the second director. This is it's absolutely outstanding. Foresight wrote all six episodes. Carrier directed one, three, and four. Goff directed two, five, and six. So only six episodes. So it is a quick one that you'll get through. It's been renewed for a second season, which is brilliant news because genuine, I think this show has a lot of potential. Um, it won't be one that runs for multiple, like for four or five years, but there might be a third season even to eke out of it. But Bonneville is tremendous. The way they craft his his character and the subtle hints about his private life and things and things that he goes about to kind of put up walls here, there and everywhere. And you get little snippets throughout that kind of help you build more about him. Because when he first comes in, he's quite unlikable. But by the end of it, you become very, very fond of him. Um, Dominic Cooper's character, also extremely unlikable. But by the end, because you get to know him, because you learn more about him, you do feel sympathy for him like I said, Charlotte Spencer. The thing I like about this show is there's depth to all the characters. There's real depth to them. Now, some of the characters are real people. So Kenneth Noy and John Parmer are two of the main people who were involved in the aftermath of the Brinksmath robbery. And they're portrayed really, really well by Jack Loudon and Tom Cullen. And in, in reading about John Palmer in particularly, it seems like Tom Cullen has absolutely nailed the performance. Again, six episodes. So it's not one that will take up a huge amount of time. It's not as, because it's a different type of show. Obviously it is one that you could do say two episodes a night over three nights. You won't have the same kind of difficulty turning off as you will with filmy ones, like genuinely with filmy ones. We watched the first episode and the second episode. And then we were like, right, we'll leave it there for tonight. And then we were like, oh, we'll watch one more. And we ended up watching the first four episodes and it was half two in the morning. Um, but it is it is tremendous. Th- this show, The Gold, is really, really good. A really, really strong addition from the BBC. And obviously, like I said, it's, it's on Paramount. Plus so if you have Paramount Plus, you can get it there. Uh what else did I want to talk about today? Oh yes, so um there's obviously going to be a big push by certain studios, I think this year a bit of a a bit of a push back against a lot of the quote unquote woke mandate. Because they've come in for a lot of criticism and it's become quite toxic really early on with how certain people, prominent people whip people up against a lot of the film studios. And I think they've probably taken a hit in their pocket by the anti-woke brigade turning their back on them. We've seen, or heard rather, in recent months, several prominent people, notably at Disney, say that screenwriters at Disney, staff writers at Disney, have a responsibility to produce the most entertaining content possible, not the most woke snowflake friendly content or whatever the wording was but basically driving at let's just make the best content and let's not worry consistently about who we offend and I kind of do like that because you know you look back on some of the great TV shows of the 80s and 90s and so many of them just couldn't be made now like only fools and horses you'd never get away with making that now Faulty Towers, you'd never get away with making that now. Some mothers do have them. I'm going back 60s and 70s here as well. That kind of stuff would never get made. Porridge would never get made now. And these are great TV shows. You look at Friends, would never, ever get made now in the same way. Seinfeld, the same. There's so much of the dialogue in those shows that would just have to be completely cut out now because we've gone far too far in trying to ensure that nobody is ever offended, especially in the comedy realm, but also in terms of, you know, inclusivity and stuff like this might be controversial, but when they made the female, the all female ghostbusters, That's That to me, and I know to a number of of my female friends and my missus, that was like a pat on the head. Like, here you go, here's your own Ghostbusters film. Rather than creating something new, a vehicle for female actresses, it's like, well, let's take this existing thing and we'll do a remodel of it and everybody's going to hate it, but you can't say we didn't give you something. The same when they made that The Oceans film. Like, give female actresses real vehicles of their own. Don't remake things just to kind of give them a little pat on the head when you know that the majority of people are not going to want to see it. Nobody wanted that Ghostbusters movie. Nobody. People wanted another Ghostbusters movie, but not that one. In the same thing with The Little Mermaid, they remade it with a black actress as Ariel. Again, I'm sorry, that just feels like a pat on the head to the black community. Like, that's not something that was created just for screen. That's an adaptation of a book that very clearly describes what The Mermaid is meant to look like. And again, it feels to me like this is this attempt at including people when, you know, they did the same thing with Annie. Again, Annie, something that's been around since, what, the 60s, the first Annie movie came out. And it had been remade before that, or re- been remade since, and then you make one with a black Annie. Like those type of things, all they do is rile people up. And they rile people on both sides of it as well. Now, there's obviously some people that go, Oh, isn't it great? That's that's wonderful. That's that box ticked. But it just it feels really demeaning. Like the actress who played um Ariel in the, the New Little Mermaid, I'm sure it was. So excited to get that role. It's a, it's an iconic role. It's an iconic franchise. But at the same time, her casting in that role was greeted with nothing but pushback and anger. Because Ariel, you can close your eyes and you know what Ariel's meant to look like. If you want to create a new character and a new franchise to be aimed towards, you know, having a black lead teenage girl or whatever, do that. Do that. Don't make new content. Don't try and rehash old stuff and annoy people. So I do think what we might see in the next year or two is we might see a bit more of going back to the middle. And not pandering to either side. And I hope that works out because it feels like we're at a weird place in society in general. Where what was the middle no longer exists. Like there's like this big void in there. You're not allowed to be in the middle. You can't ever see both sides of things. You have to be one extreme or the other. And the spectrum has gone from you know right, center, left to way, way out there on both sides and moving in. And even the people that were in the middle before, they're now not in the middle anymore. They're they're to one side or the other because they're not allowed to be in the middle, you're not allowed to see both sides. Anyway. We have a bunch of films coming out this month, and some of them, I have to say, some of them look really, really good. Now, I do love a bit of Jason Statham. A bit of mindless kicking lumps out of people is always going to be for me. So he's got a new film coming out. It's called The Beekeepers, or uh, The Beekeeper rather, and the trailer looks good. It's your standard Jason Statham. Film by numbers, it's not going to win any Oscars, but it looks like it could be a bit of fun. There is a Mean Girls musical, which is based on the Broadway musical, which is, of course, based on the 2004 film, because, you know, why make anything new when you can just remake other stuff? The Night They Came Home is one I've been looking forward to. So it's a Western thriller directed by Paul Folk off a screenplay by John A. Russo and James O'Brien. Charlie Townsend, Danny Trejo, Robert Carradine, Weston Cage, Brian Austin Green. I saw a trailer. It looks good. I, I enjoy Westerns. So again, it might not be for you, but I'm looking forward to that one. So I'll be looking forward to that one. Uh, Kelly Cuoco, Kaylee Cuoco, Kaylee Cuoco uh, of the Big Bang Theory fame has a new film that comes out today called Role Play. Uh, herself, uh, Connie Nielsen, David Ayolo. to an action comedy uh, coming out on the nineteenth. There is ISS which is a science fiction thriller. Sunrise, which stars Guy Pearce and Alex Pettifer. It's a horror film. Wanted Man, Dolph, <coughs> Dolph Lundgren and Kelsey Grammer. And the, the publicity shot for this is Kelsey Grammer wearing, like, a Hawaiian shirt pointing a gun at somebody. So, not sure what to make of that one. Uh, Cult Killer, starring Alice Eve and Antonio Banderas. That could be quite good. That's an upcoming American horror film due out on the 19th. Murder and Cocktails is out on the 23rd. It's a murder mystery one. Uh, Jason Bernardo, Jessica Newfeld, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, Ricardo Molina and Lucy Br- Borier heard some decent things about that one. We'll wait and see how it works out. Uh, Miller's Girls, starring Martin Freeman and Jenny Ortega, who's one of the hottest stars around right now. It's out on the 26th. And again, some good things have been said about that. (coughs) Snoop Dogg has a film coming out called The Underdogs. It's an upcoming sports comedy film. Uh, Mike Epps is in that one as well. I do like a bit of Mike Epps, to be fair. Uh, Sometimes I think about dying is a romantic comedy drama coming out on the 26th Uh, American Star with Ian McShane. Ian McShane always pretty reliable. Then early next month, we get Argyle, which is Henry Cavill's new film. It's a spy action comedy. Uh, Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Bryan Cranston, hell of a cast. Dua Lipa, John Cena, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, directed by Matthew Vaughan, the Layer Cake director. Obviously, he's directed a bunch of other stuff as well, but Layer Cake was sort of his big break as a director. He prior to that had been the producer for the Guy Ritchie movies. That looks um, that looks promising. It's a hell of a cast in that one. Uh, Orion and the Dark is an upcoming animated fantasy adventure coming out through Netflix in conjunction with DreamWorks Animation. Uh, the Tiger's Apprentice is another animated one. It's going to be on Paramount+. Plus. Scrambled, which is a comedy drama with uh, Egon Wadim, Andrew Santino and others. That's out on the second. And then on the ninth, you've got Lisa Frankenstein, which is a, a American horror comedy with Catherine Newton, Cole Spruce, and Joe Crest. Upgraded, which is a romantic comedy. Uh, Camilla Mendez, Amy Carrero. Gregory Montel. Air Force One Down. Catherine McNamara. Ian Bohan. Don't know anything about that one. Lola James. Um, it's an independent film. Hopefully it does well for itself. And then Marmalade, which is a romantic heist. Uh, coming out at, on the 9th as well. Joe, Joe Keery, Camilla Marone, and Aldous Hodge. That's all the films we have coming out in the next month. Argyle really does look, with, with that cast, with that director, and I always like a, I do like a good spy action kind of film. So, you know, um, that's out on the 2nd. So looking forward to that one. And looking forward to the Beekeeper. They're the two, I think, that really pop up to me over the next month. Although the night they came home, like I said, I I do just like a good Western. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that one too. Uh what else do we have to mosey on? Let's see, 2024. What else is due out anytime soon? Uh Right, you've got the Critics' Choice Awards uh, on the 14th, the Emmys on the 15th, and there's going to be a lot of buzz, obviously, around the Emmys. Um, Up for Outstanding Comedy Series, we've got Abaddon Elementary, Barry, The Bear, Jury Duty, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, which I really like, Ted Lasso and Wednesday, which Jenna Ortega was kind of her launching pad. You've got, uh, for outstanding limited or anthology series, you've got Beef, which people seem to adore. You've got the Dharma project, which was just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Daisy Jones and the Six, which is very good. Uh, Fleishman is in trouble and Obi-Wan Kenobi. For outstanding dramas, you've got Andor, Better Call Saul, The Crown, House of the Dragon, The Last of Us, Succession, The White Lotus and Yellow Jackets. So the only one that I haven't seen there is The White Lotus. So I must get myself into that. It's always gotten very, very good reviews. Two seasons of it. I must give that a go. It's meant to be very, very good. Uh, up in terms of individual awards for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. You've got Bill Hader for Barry, Jason Siegel for Shrinking, Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building, Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, and Jeremy Allen White for The Bear. For Best Lead Actress in a Comedy, you've got Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, uh, Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvellous Mrs. Maisel, Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary, Natasha Leon for Poker Face, and Jenna Ortega for Wednesday. In terms of drama, Jeff Bridges is up for The Old Man, which is great. Brian Cox for Succession. Kieran Culkin, also for Succession. Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Pedro Pascal for The Last of Us, and Jeremy Strong also for Succession. So three, three lead actress, lead actor candidates all coming out of Succession. Uh, For Best Lead Actress, you've got Sharon Horgan for Bad Sisters, Melanie Linsky for Yellow Jackets. She's brilliant in that. Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale. She's always good. Bella Ramsey for The Last of Us, Kerry Russell for The Diplomat, and Sarah Snook for Succession. And then in terms of um, miniseries or or anthology series, Karen Egerton for Blackbird, Kamul Nianjani for Welcome to Chippendales, Evan Peters for Dahmer, Daniel Ratcliffe for The Weird Al Al Yankovic Story, Uh, Michael Shannon for George and Tammy and Stephen Young for Beef and on the actress side it's Lizzie Kaplan for Fleetman is in Trouble Jessica Chastain for George and Tommy Dominic Fishback for Swarm Catherine Hayne for Tiny Beautiful Things Riley Keough for Daisy Jones and the Six and Ali Wong for Beef Really tough tough, um, categories to pick I feel like I feel like Barry might win uh, best best outstanding comedy. I feel like there's because it's over now, and there's a lot of people saying kind of clamoring saying they would have liked more of it. I feel like it's in a good position maybe to win that one. Um, I think House of the Dragon or The Last of Us would have been. The likely choices in terms of drama, but surely it has to be Succession. In terms of the limited and un- limited or anthology series, I personally would say that Dharma is the one to go for. Um, I-, I haven't seen Beef. Admittedly, it's meant to be brilliant, but of the others, I, I would say, I would say Dharma is the best of them. And I'm really hoping that they do the follow-on series. now. Oh, they have. They've announced. Oh, that was a while ago. No, I remember that being announced. They're going to do the Lyle and Eric Menendez stories, a story. Um, That one should be really, really good. I I thought, based on the kind of hints that they dropped in the Dharma one, I thought they were going to do John Wayne Gacy or Ed Gein because they did drop little subtle references to both um, and, and not so subtle references to to uh, Gacy. But I thought it'd be one of those two would be up next. But the Menendez Brothers story is really, really good. And obviously there's been previous films and stuff made on the Menendez Brothers that are... Um, And they're pretty good. They're good watches. But yeah, it's time we get that proper, dark, gritty version of this. It's one of the most high-profile murder cases of all time. And if you're old enough to remember it, you remember just how, how much coverage there was of it, even if you're not in America, like here and in the UK. Certainly here, there was a lot of coverage about it. So definitely going to look forward to that one. Beef, I think, might be my next show to go to. Um, everybody that I've talked to about it raves about it. So I think I might go with it next. But I do want to watch Our Girl. And I also want to watch uh, £10 Palms, which is another recent um, Michelle Keegan one. A couple of British citizens who um, who emigrate to Australia. So I want to see that, because then I'll I'll watch pretty much anything that's set in Australia. Pretty much anything that's set in Australia. I don't know why, just will. Um, right, this was only to be a quick part anyway. So highly recommend Gold, the Gold. Highly, highly recommend it. I think Hugh Bonneville is outstanding. But Fool Me Once is, is great. And I would genuinely say, as you finish listening to this, Go and start watching that if you haven't already. And, um, yeah, get in touch with me on Twitter. If you've got something you want to talk about, a show, a movie, whatever, get in touch, come on board, have a waffle. It's all I'm doing here is just waffling. And, like I said, myself and Trev have a couple of things that we're working on. I'm hopeful that Rory Greenfield, Neil Devlin, and uh, Grumpy Stew will have time to do some semi-regular pods with me on this moving forward. Stew for all things comic books. Uh, Neil for some quite harsh views on things. And Rory, who's just like got an encyclopedic knowledge of all things TV and movie. So take care of yourselves, folks. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.